Hey everybody, what is going on? This is Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk, and I'm coming at you with a brand new episode of Drew Code. Unfortunately, Drew will not be a part of this episode. He had a prior engagement that he was committed to, so I am coming at you with a solo episode. And in this week's episode, we are continuing our NFL record predictions, and we are going with the AFC North and the NFC North division. So please enjoy. Okay, everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode. Again, I am doing this solo. Andrew had a prior uh, engagement that he could not uh, get out of. And so he has given me his blessing to do this episode solo. So that is what this is now. Like I mentioned in the intro, we're going to be doing the AFC North and NFC North division record predictions in this episode. If you guys haven't heard last week, we started with the uh, AFC and NFC We had some really surprising records. Uh, Some of them are about the same. Some of them were almost completely different. So if you haven't checked that out, head over to our podcast page or go to drewcodesportsdoc.com to listen to that uh, full episode. Uh, Also, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter while I'm on the subject of social media. Get all that out of the way. All right. So let's go ahead and begin with the NFC division. So the NFC North division had a not surprising um, team that came out of it, of course, uh, referring to the Green Bay Packers, basically representing the NFC in the playoffs, as well as obviously going against Tampa Bay, which they ultimately lost to the eventual uh, Super Bowl champions, uh, Tampa Bay. But of course, the Green Bay Packers were without any sort of drama with Aaron Rodgers basically being a holdout demanding a trade for basically agreeing to stay on a one-year deal to get out of his massive contract we had prior to that. Uh, And basically, he's back along with Randall Cobb to lead the Packers uh, against this division. So uh, just like last week, we started with our worst team to the best team that we feel like will end the division. That's how I'm going to start. So I just wanted to open it up with the uh, drama that is the Green Bay Packers. But for my fourth place team in this division... I think it goes without any surprise that it will, in fact, be the Green Bay Packers. Okay, no, I'm just kidding, guys. It's not going to be the Green Bay Packers. It's going to be the Detroit Lions. Um, Yes, they traded away Matthew Stafford in exchange for Jared Goff, who is not a terrible quarterback. I don't think he's also, um, you know, the best quarterback out there, but he's certainly not the worst. Um, You know, if it wasn't for Sean McVay, um, you know, Jared Goff might have been looked at as a, you know, a bust, but thankfully he had some good seasons with uh, Sean McVay. And obviously, you know, Sean McVay couldn't get over the top with Jared Goff and decided to go with a more of a veteran quarterback in Stafford. And so basically the Lions and and the Rams, pardon me, swapped quarterbacks. And that's uh, basically what we're in. However, the new head coach for the Lions, Dan Campbell, has uh, come out with some odd sound bites about biting kneecaps and shotgunning coffees. I've seen some videos on social media with the Detroit Lions basically practicing. And I got to be honest, I don't know how I feel about this team. Not that I don't think that they will um, be a Super Bowl contender by any means, but I don't know how competitive they will be as well. This could arguably be one of the mm, worst Lions teams ever produced, in fact, Um, which is saying something considering they own the the league's only um, winless season to date. 
And so it's going to be impressive. Um, however, I have the Detroit Lions at least winning two games. I believe that they will beat the likes of, I believe their schedule has Houston on there. Um, and I think they will beat Chicago at least once. So that'll be the two games. However, I don't think they'll be very competitive at that. I don't see this defense doing very much. Their offense is probably not going to be very innovative. If anything, Jared Goff is going to be in a world of hurt. He will probably be rushed immensely, sacked uh, record-setting times. DeAndre Swift is really their only like great um, you know, offensive weapon that they really have. And, you know, he could be obviously the only primary target coming out of the backfield. Um, he's showed great explosiveness last season, but again, they had a little bit more weapons with uh, Marvin Jones Sr. and Kenny Galladay. Both, however, have left. So leaving only Swift and I just don't know how competitive this team will be. So with that being said, I have them going at two and 14. So in the third place though, following that I have the Minnesota Vikings finishing with a five and 12 record. This team is pretty much, I think hit its peak. Um, They finished last season at seven and nine. I don't think they'll do very much better this year. Yes, they do have a fantastic young wide receiver in um, Justin Jefferson, who is outstanding. However, I just don't think that Kirk Cousins is going to be able to get this team over the top. And I feel like that they peaked a couple of seasons ago when they were kind of competitive, um, had had a really good defense, had a matching offense, obviously with Delvin Cook there. They still have Adam Thielen. So they're going to be competitive for sure, but I don't see them winning more than five games according to their schedule, especially with majority of the teams improving who they're going against. So I find it really tough that they'll win more than five games. Who, I mean, they, they might do more than five games. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish seven and 10. Um, they definitely have the talent to do so. I just don't know if the defense will stay healthy enough for it. And again, I just don't think Kirk Cousins is the guy. I mean, yeah, he's a starter-esque quarterback, but is he the guy that's going to lead them into the playoffs and make any noise? Probably not. He will be somebody that you can probably draft in your fantasy football league and maybe start occasionally, but don't expect anything more than that. He's not he's not what's going to lead this team to the playoffs. So, again, I have Minnesota Vikings finishing at 5 and 12 for those reasons. So, you know, any Vikings out there, I'm sorry, but your team's just not looking that good this upcoming season. So, all right, guys, moving on to second place. I have the Chicago Bears finishing at a whopping seven and 10. You know, I was thinking that I was going to be a lot higher on this team, but I think what one of the things that set me back is uh, Matt Nagy has obviously a sensational rookie quarterback that he will not be starting in Justin Fields, which is understandable. I mean, you want to get him used to it. However, he looks really good in preseason. Um, but it is preseason is going against a lot of second and third stringers fighting for roster spots at that point. But for the most part, I think, uh, you know, the Bears starting Andy Dalton is not terrible. Is he the best option? No, but, you know, he's definitely a bridge-esque quarterback. You know, they should get Tyreek Cohen back um, this season as well from his season-ending injury at last year. Uh, they'll still have Allen Roberts in the second, who's a dynamic wide receiver, super underrated. And then, I mean, they... They have a couple of other weapons outside of that, but their offensive line is questionable. It did fairly well last year, but it also did let them down a lot more than it benefited them. And if it wasn't for Mitchell Trubisky making them somewhat of a winning team, they probably wouldn't have done that well to begin with. But with that being said, I do see a quarterback switch happening 
some point in the season between Dalton and Fields. It'll be it'll remind a lot of folks of last year when uh, two was started in place of Ryan Fitzpatrick at a certain point in the season. I feel like that's what the Bears will kind of do, especially once they feel like Fields has a good understanding of Matt Nagy's system, especially how he likes to spread the ball and he likes to have the running back come out of the backfield and more RPO options. I feel like that's what the the playbook will go towards. And I feel like Justin Fields will respond well. He's got a he's a rookie quarterback, so he'll go through his struggles. But at no point do I feel like that, you know, the Bears team or anything of uh of a playoff team, I feel like that they have a lot to work on. And it doesn't help that they have a bridge quarterback who has to prove something, who feels like he's a starter, and he is, you know, on on the depth chart. But, you know, obviously there's that franchise quarterback, Justin Fields, who I think will take the take the league by storm in a couple of years. Could be as soon as this year or next year. He could be an interesting fantasy snap, uh, fantasy stash if you're uh, into fantasy football. So just a just a thought. I mean, I'd be lying if it said it hasn't crossed my mind to think about stashing him for the time whenever the Bears um, place him in the starting lineup. So. All right. So to wrap up the NFC North, we are going to obviously put the Green Bay Packers at the number one spot for the team that will lead the division. I have their record being a 14 and three. The only losses I see them having is with Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and I believe there was one more. I think I had the Rams beating them, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just pull up my notes here. Let's see. Green Bay. No, I'm so sorry. I have Seattle Chiefs. Them losing one game in Chicago, which is not out of the norm. I do see Chicago pulling off an upset victory. Obviously, that'd be in Chicago week um, six. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But, you know, obviously the Chiefs, they are a powerhouse team and they're probably going to be a lot better than they were last year, which we'll talk about when we dive into the um, Western, uh, Western side of that conference of the AFC and NFC. And then also I have Seattle beating them, which that's that's kind of like a rivalry that no one really talks about. And I think it's because of the fail Mary that happened all those years ago with the replacement refs. But anyways, it seems like Seattle and Green Bay have a nice little rivalry going on and it's always competitive, but I think that Seattle will take that bout. So that's, those are the only three losses that I see Green Bay sustaining. Um, and I obviously seen them in the playoffs in the NFC and they probably are going to be vying for a number one seed in the NFC. Um, and they have a good shot. I mean, they just have to beat Tampa Bay who beat them in the NFC championship game. So who knows? I mean, maybe they're improved. I don't know if green Bay's defense is strong enough to out to last in the playoffs. Um, you know, Devonte Adams is on the offensive side of the ball, who is arguably the number one receiver right now in all of football. And I mean, he caught what 18, 19 touchdowns last season. So, I mean, argument is hard to dispute. Um, and then obviously they have the dynamic Aaron Jones over there when they utilize him, he's, he's deadly, especially coming out of the backfield, catching the ball explosion. Um, when he gets downhill, he's just hard to stop, but the Packers for some reason just don't like getting him involved all the time, which is kind of a problem. But I think with Aaron Rodgers in the last season, I see a lot of leniency heading Rodgers way where he's basically to have a hundred percent command of that huddle. You know, um, Matt LaFleur is going to, probably call a play and it'll be quickly changed and with no sort of resistance from Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, we all should probably just, you know, appreciate Rodgers last season in green Bay. I think it's year 17 for him in green Bay. And, you know, this could be the last time we see him in a green Bay uniform, unless they, I think win the super bowl. And if that's the case, then he may retire after that. So we'll see. But 
I don't see them as Super Bowl favorites, but I do see them as heavy NFC favorites. Um, I just don't know if they're Super Bowl bound, but they will be one of the top NFC teams, in my opinion, that's heading there. So, so in conclusion, I've got Detroit finishing um, fourth place at two and fourteen. I got Minnesota Vikings finishing in third place at five and twelve. Chicago finishing seven and ten in second place, and obviously in first place we got Green Bay Packers at fourteen and three, and that concludes the NFC North division. So. Uh, thank you guys for uh, for listening to that first half. So I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to listen to an anchor sponsor real quick. Uh, and when I come back, I will be talking about the NF- the AFC North, I beg your pardon. Um, and this one might be a little controversial. Well, not really controversial. It's just my opinion on what I think the record will be. And uh, we'll see how this goes. So anyways, thank you guys for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So we will be right back. All right, guys, welcome back. Thank you so much for uh, coming back to me and uh, finishing this episode, essentially. Again, it's a solo episode. Uh, Drew was unable to make this week's episode. We had, obviously, an engagement that he could not uh, get out of, which is fine. I've got you guys covered here with a solo episode. Done it before, and I'll do it again if I have to. So I appreciate you guys listening. So now we just finished the NFC North division predictions, and now we're going to go over to the AFC North now. And uh, the teams in said division are the Cincinnati Bengals, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Cleveland Browns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, this should be a fun one. I'm, I know of a, actually quite a few of Pittsburgh Steelers fans in California, which is kind of ironic. I would have never thought that Steel City would reach that far, but I am wrong. And I even know a couple of people that are Baltimore fans. Don't know a whole lot of people that are Cleveland fans. Certainly don't know anybody in California that's a Bengals fan. So not that Bengal, uh, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals are a bad football team. I just don't know of anybody that roots for them, if I'm being honest. So, but anyways, guys, we're going to dive into it and uh, we're going to start rounding off some of these predictions here with the uh, AFC North. Uh, so for me, I, in fourth place, I've got the Cincinnati Bengals at three and 14. Unfortunately, I don't see the Bengals improving much from last season. A big portion of that is because Joe Burrow, who basically had a torn ACL, um, I think in the early part of last season, who was having almost a offensive rookie of the year type of season, arguably. I mean, he other than Justin Herbert, he probably would have, you know, co been a co rookie of the year or been the outright leader of it because he was doing really, really well uh, and even beat Pittsburgh. Or uh, yeah, I think he beat Pittsburgh early on in the season, but. Anyways, um, but Joe Burrow is not even 100% yet. I think he will have his first pregame season later this, um, I think it's the Bengals' third or fourth week of preseason. I think he'll see limited game time action. So we'll see how that is. So offensively, they've got a ton of weapons with Joe Mixon. They drafted Chase. They still have T. Higgins and also Tyler Boyd, who they're all just ball hawks and and tall, lanky. They got great hands. Um, their offensive line is really suspect, though, which is part of the reason why, unfortunately, Joe Burrow got injured. It's one of the things that we're kind of seeing with teams that unfortunately get the number one pick and they draft a quarterback first off, which is great. You know, and they focus on the offense and that's okay. But I think, you know, some teams that have that number one pick should really prioritize getting some sound veterans that are got to at least make a difference on the offensive line to protect their, basically their number one asset. 
And it just seems like that teams, when they get the number one pick, they sacrifice that for obviously the number one guy and potentially his number one weapon, you know, whether that be receiver or running back. And in my opinion, from what it looks like, it's just kind of unfortunate that this bad offensive line is having to be dubbed to protect the franchise. And obviously what happens his first season, he has a pretty bad injury and then now he's delayed to come back. Hopefully with a full off season and rehab, he'll come back stronger than ever and he'll be on the same page with a lot of his guys. But, you know, we'll see. Not everyone comes back from an ACL injury the same. You know, uh, Tom Brady, he had an ACL injury and it took him at least half the season to get back to normal once he was under center again. But, you know, you look at a player like Adrian Peterson, who basically tore his ACL last week of one season and he was ready to go week one. And he wins the rushing title off of that. So, you know, each player obviously is different. Some players are never the same. Some are even better. But hopefully Joe Burrow comes back, you know, healthy. Because, I mean, it'd be fun to watch him, you know, in the the season and all that good stuff. But, you know, we'll see. But unfortunately, I don't see the Bengals being better than 3-14 and in this instance. Um, And again, for the reasons I stated, um, bad offensive line, defenses, ah, it's all right. And they're in a tough division to begin with. So following that, though, in third place, this is probably going to be the most shocking one, is I have the Baltimore Ravens at 9-8. and eight. Now, yes, they did improve their defense. You know, their defense is good. It's going to be very competitive. However, though, I just don't believe in Marquise Brown, a.k.a. Hollywood Brown, as a number one receiver. And I also don't believe in Sammy Watkins as the number one receiver. They're really good weapons, don't get me wrong. But I just don't see any of them remaining healthy And that's going to be a big problem for Lamar Jackson to be, you know, the star. And don't get me wrong. I think he's improved on passing and I think he's a great quarterback. And I think he's going to basically get somewhat a Patrick Mahomes style deal just because he's that dynamic and he's going to have a ton of rushing yards and he's probably going to improve in his passing because he's done that year over year. I just don't think these weapons are it though. I think, you know, had Baltimore Ravens gone after, you know, Julio Jones when he was available, that probably would have been a better impact. That probably wouldn't have been a better number one to go along with Marquise Brown. And, you know, even Sammy Watkins at a number two, I think would make more sense, but neither one of them, in my opinion, are number one options. Um, So we'll see. Hopefully, I hope I'm wrong. They're usually a really fun team to watch, but, you know, I think Lamar Jackson doing everything makes it really difficult and I think what happens is Lamar Jackson does it all. You know, they go up, the offense will go and do a lot of three and outs, maybe get one or two good long drives going, score a couple of times. But, you know, I don't think that they're going to be as dynamic as they first were when Lamar took over. And I think that's again because the offense is slowly kind of dialed down to being nothing more than just kind of vanilla. And not to Lamar's fault. I mean, he's still super dynamic. He had a down season last year, but I think he'll have a pretty good bounce back one. But I think what will happen is that'll put a lot of pressure on the defense, which, you know, what we've seen, and especially for Andrew and I, who are both Raider fans, what we experienced is, you know, when our offense couldn't get going, they would have a lot of three and outs, brought the defense back, who was exhausted. You know, once the the opposing team basically had to drive longer than three and a half minutes, their their likelihood of scoring goes up by like 80%. It was ridiculous. It was like if the drive went longer than three minutes, like that opposing team scored 90% of the time, whether that be a field goal or a touchdown. Majority of the time, it'd come as a touchdown because once you wore out the defense, there's just no resistance. And I feel like that's what's going to happen similarly to the Ravens. There'll be a very tough defense if the game is close with, you know, matching time of possession or, 
you know, if the offense can score quickly and, you know, the opposing team's offense is out of rhythm, but, you know, if the drives are, are kind of strung out and they're done long, um, the defense has to keep going back out on the field after, you know, quick three and outs. That's where I think Baltimore is going to have that problem. So that's why I have them at, at nine and eight. Um, so I, I think that's probably the more surprising one. Another one, which is probably going to be super surprising is I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at number two at the same record at nine and eight. So depending on tiebreaker situations, Pittsburgh can be second or third, Baltimore vice versa. So for me, I have Pittsburgh finishing number two um, at nine and eight. Um, not the same reasons as Baltimore per se. I mean, I like the Steelers defense. It's young. Um, they're really good on the, you know, on the cornerback uh, side of it where they are really good about shutting down certain receivers. Um, their interior line, though, kind of gets injured from time to time. I mean, TJ Watt is obviously the only, I mean, obvious, and Casey Hayward, I would say. But, you know, for the most part, those two are there. But Hayward is on the older side. That defense is getting a little bit older. Uh, you know, can't rely on Pittsburgh to be the number one defense for the entire time of the year or two seasons in a row. And truthfully, too, Pittsburgh obviously went 12-0, and 0, you know, to start the season and then went, you know, 1-5 the rest of the way. Or excuse me, 1-4 the rest of the way. So, you know, you what makes it really, really difficult is, you know, this Pittsburgh Steelers team has added some pieces, but not enough to make that defense better. And yeah, they have a lot of firepower on the offensive side. Their offensive line is somewhat addressed. I think it's slightly improved. And yes, they have a far better running back who shouldn't be injured as often. Even though he's a rookie, I think he'll still do really well. Uh, you still have Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, Johnson, Claypool. Um, I, you know, it'll be a great cast of of offense, but I think what's gonna be the Pittsburgh Steelers' downfall, unfortunately, is the defense. And I just think the AFC division now, or just AFC conference itself, is just a lot stronger than what it used to be with teams like, you know, the Bills being super tough. Um, New England might be a lot tougher than they were last season. Um, you know, the Chargers are probably going to be a tougher team. The Broncos, the Raiders even, you know, Kansas City, of course, all the usual teams that they play every year, it's going to be very hard for the Steelers to repeat basically the record that they had last season. And I will repeat that they did win a bunch of games in a row to start the season. But at the end of the season, they lost, I think three in a row at one point broke a one uh, beat. I think it was uh, the Colts, the second to last game. And then again, lost, um, you know, the season finale and got the break speed off of them in the wild card against their division rivals, the Browns. So I don't know. I don't just, I don't trust the Steelers right now. A lot of it is age. Um, Ben Roethlisberger is probably his last year. Um, you know, it seems like every year, the last like three weeks of every season, he always has this whole, I don't know if I'm going to come back next season. And I think this is Big Ben's last season. I don't see him propelling Pittsburgh to a playoff spot. I think at best they finish above 500, which is standard for Mike Tomlin, which is great. And I think they're very fortunate to have Dwayne Haskins kind of you know, being a protege behind Ben Roethlisberger in that organization to straighten him out, you know, because obviously in Washington, for some reason, immaturity just got in the way. But in my opinion, that's why I don't I don't think Pittsburgh is going to finish better than second. They're definitely not going to be the division leaders. I mean, I could be wrong. They could go 11 and five or 11 and six. 
you know, but we'll see. I, I doubt that'll happen just because again, age, um, that defense is getting a little older. Ben Roethlisberger's in his last season. That offense is going to look good, but I don't know if it, I don't know if it can s- sustain all season. So we'll see on that. So that brings us to the last team in this division in the AFC North. And that would be the Cleveland Browns. Um, Cleveland Browns obviously beat the Steelers that I mentioned in the wild card last season. Um, very handily, I will say, uh, just, just outright manhandled them. And it, and it showed that the, that team came to play. And I think the reason why this team is going to have a lot more success than they did last season is because of uh, their head coach Stefanski basically has figured out how to get Baker Mayfield to play really well. Granted, I think there's an argument to be made that that offense is better without OBJ, but you know, Odell Beckham Jr. will be coming back from his ACL injury and by all accounts on social media and reports, he looks better than ever. And hopefully for this third season that he's in Cleveland, he can acclimate himself with Baker Mayfield because one of the things that's weird is before OBJ got there, it was Jarvis Landry and he, him and Baker have a great connection. And you know, you see them on the field, especially when Jarvis is, uh, when Landry is kind of in the slot, he like plays really well and Baker finds him, you know, really well. Um, you know, Higgins is for some reason, Baker is one of his favorite targets as anytime OBJ isn't on the field, he finds Higgins a lot. So, and also too, they have Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. They've got all these weapons and their offensive line is going to be, you know, essentially improved. That was really good last season. It's probably better this season. Their defense uh, is slightly improved. I don't think their secondary is very good, but you know, they do have Denzel Ward back there. Who's, you know, a really good ball Hawk, but for the most part, it's definitely going to be on the interior when they're rushing the passer, miles Garrett, Malik Jackson. They have all these great guys over there. Um, obviously they have a clowny that they've signed to a one year prove it deal, which is probably going to be very, 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 crucial for them because his sense of urgency is going to be met on the field. And especially in the limited game time, he might see, you know, he's definitely going to want to prove himself for a, you know, probably a bigger contract with another team, whoever that may be, or, you know, to repeat with the Browns. So um, anyways, but I got the Browns though finishing at 11 and six. I think they're going to be a really good team. I feel like Baker, this is going to be his fourth season, his second with Stefanski. I think that he will be in a very, very good rhythm. And I feel like this defense is going to take another big step where they're going to be very, very, very tough to beat. Um, And I like this offense. You know, they're a run first kind of a team with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. They're both in their own right, thousand yard runners and, you know, catching the ball a ton out of the backfield. So, you know, they're going to be guys that are, you know, even better. They're both going to be fantasy relative week after week. And if you have them both, that's great. If you have one or the other, it's still great. You know, so I think they're going to be a great offensive team. And uh, I think Baker is going to have a good year. Will he be like an uh, an all pro or pro bowler? I don't know about that, but I definitely think that he'll be in like the top 15 quarterbacks. He'll he'll be a good quarterback that that uh, that wins games. But, you know, don't forget, though, Baker Mayfield is somewhat of a turnover machine. So expect interceptions and all that stuff, which ironically you know, he threw an interception, I think, to the Bengals that cost OBJ the season when he tore his ACL chasing down the the defender that intercepted the ball. So, you know, hopefully um, injuries don't plague OBJ anymore because he's had, I think, two season-ending injuries that has really propelled his career or changed his career. And it's really a shame to see a 
a player like OBJ, a talented receiver such as that, you know, get wasted due to injury and, you know, not saying that Browns are a bad team, but if they're not going to utilize him, then they really need to put him on a team where he can make a difference. So at least that's my opinion. But for the most part, I, like I mentioned, I, I believe the Browns will finish at a, at the top of the division and they'll um, represent the North out of the AFC. So to recap the AFC North, I have the Cincinnati Bengals finishing at three and 14. I have Baltimore Ravens finishing at nine and eight in third place. Pittsburgh Steelers also at nine and eight in second place. And I have the Cleveland Browns finishing at 11 and six to win the divisional crown in the AFC North. So, all right, guys, that is it for me. I have uh, done my job as I need to do for you guys. Hopefully you guys uh, liked the episode and hopefully you guys um, found this beneficial for you. Uh, let me know in the comment section or in the review section or go to DrewCodeSportsTalk.com and let me know what you guys think that these two divisions, AFC North and NFC North, will finish. Uh, if you have a favorite team in any of these divisions, let us know and let us know what you think their record will be. We'd love to interact with you guys and, and reply back and have a good old time. Um, if you guys haven't joined any fantasy football leagues, feel free to do so. Obviously, ESPN, Yahoo, NFL.com. Uh, CBS Sports, any of these are doing fantasy leagues and they're a lot of fun. So we'd love to hear and see what teams you guys have drafted. So share with us your guys' drafts and the teams that you guys have put together and send us over to our Instagram or our Facebook or our Twitter and we'd love to show you guys our teams as well. So um, appreciate you guys for listening. Um, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Drewcoat Sports Talk. You guys can also listen to us at DrewcoatSportsTalk.com. Uh, also, too, we have a great uh, brand partnership with FNX Fit. Uh, go to our website, and there's actually a link that you guys can click on to shop for any and all of their supplements and products. And you guys can use the uh, promo code DrewCode15 to get 15% off your purchase. Uh, definitely go check all that out. And again, all that is at DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. Uh, next week, you guys, we will be um, continuing our NFL series by going to the AFC and NFC South divisions. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, some previews are Houston's not going to do very well. So foreshadowing right now, if you guys have Houston high on your winning list, it is not on ours. So I will give you guys that little, uh, that little mini teaser. So if you guys want to call it that. So anyways, guys, again, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, please rate, please review, and please check us out. And again, we will see you guys next week. Have a great day. Be safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, be nice to everybody and catch you guys next week.